Are you in search of your perfect cup of coffee at home? Do you crave a fresh cup of joe from the comfort of your own kitchen? Well, look no further because Black Sun Coffee is here to help. The medium roast from Black Sun Coffee features notes of Brazil nut, grapefruit, and oak. The freshness is guaranteed to start your day off right. Go to blacksuncoffee.com, that's B-L-V-C-K, and use the promo code CONFIDENCE20 for 20% off your next purchase. I'm Leah Shaw, and welcome to The Confidence Factor. You've done the work, you've learned your craft, you see the vision, you can feel it, touch it, taste it. It's so unbelievably clear to you. You know you have what it takes to bring that vision to life. But there's one small problem. No one else gets it. Do you abandon the vision? Do you set the vision aside and come back to it later? Do you alter the vision to make it more palatable to other people? Or do you just keep forging ahead? Today's guest shows us what can happen when you mix a clear vision with confidence, ambition, and just a little bit of audacity. Let's listen. Chloe Beck is a 34-year-old black lesbian self-proclaimed edutainer who has been working in higher education for nearly 10 years, specifically working in residence life with cross-collateral experience and diversity office, LGBTQIA plus spaces, and currently working at New York University as a residence hall director. Chloe will be celebrating seven years here at NYU in a few months. Before that, Chloe worked for two years at the University of Georgia, Go Dogs. Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, Chloe attended the, the, the Bowling Green State University. I'm not biased at all. Uh, And her undergraduate degree was in telecommunications with a focus on radio and a minor in ethnic studies. She then went on to get her MED from Ohio University. Chloe is currently evaluating her next steps and seeks to exit student affairs and take her talents into the startup private sector. Cannot blame you. And her passion time or personal time, Chloe is a houseplant. You know, I can't say this word. Say it. Socialist? Mm-hmm, that. <laughs> concert goer, back when one could do that in the old world. Music pusher and consumer and educator for all things popular culture and black media. She currently hosts her own podcast, Insequeer, the podcast, which just launched its second season on March 3rd, currently streaming on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. In this podcast, she delves into all the things that she has been secretly insecure about over the course of her life professionally, personally, and in relation to the many intersections of her identity. Personally, uh, this okay, guest beautiful. today uh, is one of my favorites, uh, has been one of my favorites for a long time. And so, um, you know, there are people who you like secretly follow and keep tabs on. Chloe is one of those people that I secretly follow and keep tabs on. And so I make sure I always know what she's kind of doing. So um, with that being said, please welcome Chloe Beck to The Confidence Factor. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You have... Oh. You have no idea what a what an honor and a privilege and thank you so much like 
I feel like 18 year old Chloe right now. Like oh, I'm gosh. so excited about you. Can't wait to talk about you. Let's do it. What? Let's question me. Let's we, we talk about you. Okay. What about me? Okay. About so. <laughs> If you couldn't tell from the introduction, I may or may not have also gone to Bowling Green with Chloe. And so that's when we first... Were you on my orientation group? No. I just stalked you, uh, Dr. Shaw. I stalked you. <laughs> um, I think you graduated my freshman year. So I was coming in as you were exiting. That was P... I think um, PJ was in my orientation group. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, you you were someone who I would see in your 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 sorority jacket walking across campus mm-hmm. or in the student union somewhere headed to a meeting. Like you were uh, for a kid who didn't think I had a chance at the organization that which I was incorrect. That's why you can't you can't plan for yourself. That's God's job. Uh, you were that person who really made me think that Hillman College was real. Like mm-hmm. nobody like Leah. Leah was like, you ran campus. Like, I don't know how you had time to do it. But from seeing you, Mm -hmm. um, I vividly remember being so insecure. Um, Mm -hmm. I think uh, our sorority hosted a kickball tournament and I remember sitting by the rock. I was so far, I was too scared to talk to you guys. But I remember PJ, you just mentioned, she was out there and she already knew you and I was so jealous. I was like, how does she know her? And and you just were such a light. And I was so sad that you graduated and we never crossed paths because I was scared to talk to you. And then as I started to go through the process, you were one of the first people who showed up. Like you brought that that sisterhood back because, you know, oftentimes a lot of people do all this work in undergrad or they do this stuff, they join these organizations, they go on about their lives, but you always came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were someone who all of our elders and, and, and sorority sisters who you left behind always liken themselves to or said this is how Leah did it or who were the epitome of what the sisterhood was and I think so many of us struggle to live up to the Leah legacy and then I remember the first real time that you and I talked we were actually at a conference um, in the profession because we're both Mm -hmm. student affairs professionals and it was probably the first real time that I actually spoke to where it wasn't a sisterhood. Mm -hmm. It was just you and I, and it wasn't like in that space or it wasn't me competing to get your attention. Like everybody, (laughs) everybody used to. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm about to talk to Leah. And you were the coolest person. Oh, well, you were like so cool. I remember sitting in an atrium with you. I remember us sitting off in the middle of nowhere together. I remember you talking to me because I was in grad school Mm -hmm. in this journey, trying to go, get a job and like you're like take my number and I've never lost it I've never <laughs> lost your number so Leah you were a Aww. star like you were the epitome of like you're like I hope that's how kind Beyonce is in real life because like oh the, the energy that came yeah. around your game like I can say can I drop some names like Sora Claire and all these people were just like Leah's up here but when I met you you were like hey girl what's up how can I help what is it sisterhood so you always brought back what the true sisterhood meant to me so like that Chloe who followed you around at 18 was just so honored and still is that I get to know Leah wow. Leah the sister the person the PhD the mom oh my god what <laughs> not honored like the way you stalk me or watch me or keep <laughs> me I'm doing the exact same thing and 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 pieces of that still comes out in that insecurity because like the conversation you and I just had before we push record, mm-hmm. I would be so scared to talk to you about this stuff, right? Like, I don't want Leah to know that I'm in a career situation because I even watch you navigate our profession mm-hmm. like a pro, right? Like your name comes up even here on NYU's campus. I was like, how does Leah know people here? Like you're, you're everywhere. You're like Austin. <laughs> 
It's like, well, we all have a career situation. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But um, thank you very, very much. Um, I Yeah, you. I don't even know what to say, which is rare. <laughs> rare. So, well, that was a lovely moment about me. But now <laughs> we're going to talk about you for the rest of this time. Yes. All right, need it. Let's do it. Yes. It's so funny for an extrovert. I love talking to people about themselves. Like, let's talk about you. So, you know, this is a confident, uh, a podcast about confidence. And we already talked about the irony of <laughs> these questions I'm getting ready to ask you. But, you know, I, I do everything for a reason. So here we go. How do you define confidence? Ooh, uh, I know I wrote you something. Now I'm on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm probably going to stray away from that because that was me when I was being intentional, I think confidence is defined by action. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do believe that confidence is something that innately we all have. And depending on the circumstances, it, it morphs, it grows, it changes. But it, at the core of confidence, I think confidence is, is when you when you listen to the whispers of your life and, and you follow them. Right. Because I think confidence is is a part of that, that risk taking, that vulnerability, that authenticity. I think confidence is something that it's a muscle first. Mm-hmm. And every time you 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 challenge and, and and go against that that fear or that whatever society has told you about yourself, what you can and can't do, every time you say, No, I can, that is confidence. Confidence is believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it, it it radiates in in your purpose and in your passion. Um, and confidence is something that I, I, first, I'm thankful that this, this podcast exists because I think confidence is something that we don't truly define because so many of us spend so much time on this assumption of not having it, but like not a lot of us spend time saying the moments or the, even talking about the things you're confident about, mm-hmm. you know, we spend more time in those, those area for growth spaces, but yeah. confidence when you know for a fact, like you can't tell Chloe Beck anything about Whitney Houston. I'm confident about that. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think those small little moments where you're like, there's something that you know for a fact that you got it, mm-hmm. that is where confidence lives. And if you can copy and paste that in other parts of your life by practicing, mm-hmm. you got it. So then as a follow up, how have you done that? Um, how did you get to the place where, you know, you can define like, I'm confident in this, I'm confident in this, I'm confident in this. So how did this how does this definition and the insight that you just shared apply to your own life? Uh, for me, it really is <laughs> trial and error. Um, you know, I got very confident in 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 my love. Well, my love for Whitney Houston, I think, was in utero. I don't know where that happened from, but using that as an example mm-hmm. is uh, well. You and I both know we're, we're scholastic and, and and things like that. So for me, my confidence came from really. If I say I like or care about something, it, it comes from engaging with that like or that care. It comes from reading about it. It comes mm-hmm. from talking about it. It comes from talking. Like mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm a talker. I'm a by nature. So my confidence comes from when I share a fact and people are like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I did. You know, <laughs> let me let me tell you what else. Um, but for me, confidence has been something that, uh, like I think Michelle Obama talked about becoming, you're constantly becoming something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think confidence is something that you're constantly engaging with and 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 growing through and and I don't think there is this this plateau of like ah, I am confident. Um, 
I think every phone call, every every misstep on the sidewalk, like if you trip, your confidence is gone, right? It does not exist. Um, but it's, it's what you do after that trip. Mm-hmm. So I, what I do is I, I purposely put myself in a lot of spaces where I'm unsure or where I feel as though people have a perception or an understanding or an assumption about me, even based on how I look. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stand in it and I learn and I listen. I like, oh, what do people think about me? What are people thinking? And and I engage with that. Um, if you think like based on my, my the way I present, I often say I struggle with knowing that I'm a, a master's degree holder. I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. But because I love a certain aesthetic and a culture, a lot of that, I can't carry that with me. So by the grace of knowing someone like you and seeing people, I realize that confidence is in how you walk. Mm-hmm. It's in how you talk. It's in how you show up because not every day can I have on uh, my my cap and gown to mm-hmm. prove I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do spend a lot of time trying to engage in it because there's so many things about my life that I am not confident in. Mm-hmm. I really do get comfortable with things I am com- confident in because it helps me remember that while I don't have all these pieces are all these answers. There are some key things that I know I bring. Like I'm a, I'm a community builder, I'm a community organizer. Um, and that's just been because I've seen it and I, I've had people say, Chloe, you did that. Um, and that's something that I kind of want to engage with with you at some point is like my confidence really is tethered to how people perceive it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like if you tell me, Chloe, you're amazing at tap dancing, <laughs> I'm Bojangles, but... <laughs> You know, but like if, if, I, if I think I got it and I haven't had one person whisper or agree or affirm it, mm-hmm. I struggle with it. Um, so you'll really see me hang out in spaces where people are singing my praises. But mm-hmm. now as we just talk, I'm, I'm about to move into some spaces where no one knows. Yeah. And I think that's another thing about confidence. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to move out of that comfort zone mm-hmm. to, to expand that confidence, if mm-hmm. that answers your question. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that from what you just said, I have two follow up questions, none of which are on my little script that I wrote for myself. Okay, so the first question, you talked about intentionally putting yourself in places or positions in which you are unsure. What? How have how has that helped you grow in terms of confidence? Have you done that? And then from that experience, something new emerged? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, uh, something that I just shared with you again is that like, I don't even have a, a I, I have a driver's license, but I think I've probably been behind the wheel for a total of 12 minutes. Like just, <laughs> I mean, I got my license uh, two weeks before I moved to New York city. And if you have a car here, why, why? would you do that? Like, why would you do that to yourself? Um, but I think about that in terms of every step that I've taken since leaving our undergrad campus has been me doing that, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, unfortunately for us, we didn't know that we were at the best school for our, our current career for grad. Like we went there for undergrad, not knowing it was the best school for grad school. Um, and then I had somebody in my ear like, you know, you can do this for a profession, but don't stay here. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was gung ho about staying at Bowling Green State University mm-hmm. and just like, because I was confident and comfortable mm-hmm. but it was people saying, Hey, leave. Mm-hmm. And then I went to somewhere like, which with little to no research, I only applied to one grad school, Ohio university. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, I thought all colleges were the same. It wasn't, uh, Athens, Ohio is completely different. different. Like, like, uh, Oxford. It's like Ivy league almost. It has not that, that it didn't have that black and that, that comfort that I remember from Bowling Green. Uh, and I went to Athens, Ohio with no driver's license, no friends, 
lived great comfortably for two years. And from there, I moved all the way to Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. no license, right? I keep, I keep putting myself as in, self in spaces where like, even though I'm not confident enough to go buy a car and really learn this thing, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Chloe Beck has to walk across Georgia to get this job. I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And that literally landed me here to New York City. Like I know for a fact, so many people are, are this is like their dream institution to live in, work in, be in. Mm-hmm. And I, I came here for completely different reasons. But in doing that and in following a love interest, I had no idea I was walking into literally one of the best institutions in the world and that uh, the things that I had honed in and loved and and, and learned on these state school campuses mm-hmm. was a completely different ball game here. Mm-hmm. Like I was a big fish on Bowling Green State University's campus. I was a huge fish at Ohio University here. I think I'm just now <laughs> at that trout size. Uh, <laughs> but it has taught me so much about myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I really wish every single person in the world could spend a year or two in New York City because you have no choice but to find some confidence because when they say the city will eat you up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it will eat you up. You know, like I, I vividly remember many of days, like when I first moved here, I only ate at the Chipotle across the street because I had no idea how to maneuver New York City. And I think about times where just trying to get to a concert as someone who's not familiar, I would take a $30 taxi. Now Chloe Beck knows it's a three minute walk. Mm-hmm. But when you don't know, you don't know. Um, and that has prepared me, like I just told you, like I'm in the process of potentially moving to yet again another place mm-hmm. where I have no, no concept of what it means to kind of go back to the South now that I'm so much more into my sexual orientation or my identity. And now I'm going back somewhere Southern. And and what happens if there's another reason to protest? Like, can that Chloe be this social justice warrior that I was in some place like Virginia or just realize just in the past year, they finally just signed this, this uh, anti, you can't do, don't discriminate against gays. That just happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I do know that that's where you, when you put yourself in places like that, that is where the real learning and the flexing goes because you don't have a choice, but to grow. And for me, Oh my gosh, I can't even begin to tell you how, while it, my, my time here, while it hadn't done a whole lot, for me professionally in terms of things like I got a promotion within the first year and I kind of just been sitting to be honest. Um, what it's done for me in terms of tapping into the, the person who stepped on Bowling Green's campus before I got bit by the res life bug, mm-hmm. that girl is back, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do Wendy Williams. I wanted to do radio. I wanted to do and do and do. And then being here, thank God I'm so great at my job because it gave me so much free time to to get to a place where I even had a microphone. So when you said use a microphone, I was like, I got you. <laughs> um, it's it's been it's been life changing, and it really has done a lot for my confidence because I know for a fact if I can survive here for six years in the turmoil that I did, mm-hmm. Virginia is going to be a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. You've had a lot of life transitions, I guess I'll call them or call it while you've been there. You know, mm-hmm. like for sure. Um yeah. surgery was one. Yeah. Huge. Um, and that was a huge transition. You're right, because mm-hmm. uh when I when I was willed into surgery, I was 397 pounds and I had been here in this big hustling city, like New York, you have to walk, you have you, to move. You, 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 
you can't. And, and while I, as a, a large person, you learn how to maneuver spaces. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, it, it does a lot to you in the sense of like, if people are going out, New York city hangouts are like the size of a, a box. And as a plus size person at that size, like people ignore it, try not to engage with it. Mm-hmm. But I tell you about the fear and the anxiety of like, will I fit through the walkway? Will mm-hmm. I fit? Are. Will I fit? Will I fit? So then I used to have to get creative and take on the role of like, oh, I'll pick the place, mm-hmm. you know, so I make sure it's ADA accessible. Mm-hmm. But coming to, if it wasn't for me coming to New York and putting that large body in this place, I don't think I would have saved my life like I did because in Georgia, I hate to say it, everybody's fat or fat friendly or love fat or eat some fat. Um, but when I got here, people would literally look at, I, now I, that was the first time I understood what a, a traditional bodied woman would say, how it feels for someone to, to, to just be staring at their chest or just looking mm-hmm. at some feature. Mm-hmm. People would zone in on my stomach or zone in on my body in mm-hmm. a way like this place showed me myself because I thought, Hey, body dysmorphia. I was like, ah, big, but not, but mm-hmm. come it was like, oh no, your size is a problem for them. And then it became a problem for me. Like I was, when I chose to do weight loss surgery, it was either that or have a double knee replacement. Mm. There's no way you can have two knee surgeries in New York City. Who's mm-hmm. going to take care of you, be okay with you? No. Um, I think when you and I met, like I wasn't fully out. I don't mm-hmm. think I, you know, I, I had my own In undergrad, I had no clue about my identity in general, but like looking back on a lot of things, I was like, huh, maybe. Um, But given our history and like the prestige of what I think of you, I was like, ah, this is another thing I need to keep secret. I wasn't confident Mm -hmm. that our relationship could withstand my sexual orientation, right? Like we put all this stuff on other people. We do. Oh, Leah's not going to love me anymore. Or like, this is our sorority. We hold it to such an esteem. Can I be a queer member? Mm. I'm not the only one, Chloe Beck, <laughs> but I'm the only one who's saying it out loud that I know, you know? Mm-hmm. So even that, like that has been huge. Like I still struggle with that to this day. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm active, um, internationally active, but like when it comes to aligning to a chapter, I said it recently, I was like, I don't know how far so many people have progressed when it comes to LGBT. And I was like, I love my sorority sisters so much. I love what this organization means so much. I will remove myself from it if it's going to hurt that love. And I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's not for me to decide, but I will be honest and say, mm-hmm. I have shied away from doing regional chapter work because mm-hmm. every, just like I found out every campus is not Bowling Green, not every soror is like Aaliyah Shaw mm-hmm. who loves me because of we took the old. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, like when I'm embarking on a move, like moving, moving again, and this time I'm moving this will be the first time I've ever had an apartment that is not in a residence hall. The first time I sign a lease, the first time I have a job. Oh, yeah. This is all new. That's a moment. It's, it's, it is, I'll never forget the first time I drove to work. Right? Like, what is that? I was just like, wait a minute. I got in the car and I had to drive to work. Yeah. (laughs) People who don't live in will never know that that is like, a moment when your yeah. whole professional career has been, well, I guess I'll walk on down to my office now. <laughs> like, or like you, you just want to go walk your dog, but you're also this whole person who had like the work-life balance that I'm seeking, which is another huge reason why I want to, mm-hmm. to transition out. But once again, like that, that is another reason why I've stayed too long because as someone who 
grew up the way I grew up with, 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 with my family and my SES. And then you find a career that outfits you with a meal plan. Food. This place gives us free toilet paper is one ply, but I don't got to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been this, this job situation that I'm currently in. I've tried to talk myself out of it because I realized it's time for me to really grow up in a way that you can say you're grown, but when you live in a dorm, like how grown really are you? Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, like, I'm excited to to work on my confidence as an adult because yeah. I think that's exactly what this transition is going to be. And a part of that, I think, um, I've already done some Reddit and some research about what it means to be LGBT and brown in, in Richmond, mm-hmm. and the population is struggling. So I think this will be a time where I have to step into some confidence and maybe look for some chapters and, and, and get back with my sisters because yeah. even when... I still look at so many things like that 18-year-old Chloe, mm-hmm. but the truth is we all have progressed. And if, if if I want to, and even if we haven't, I joined the first Black sorority. If I got to be the first Black lesbian chapter member, mm-hmm. we paved the way. So right. I'm no. ready. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to tell you, like, let's follow up on that. <laughs> you know, we, we're going to okay. follow up on that. But my random question what what are your top five strengths? You've done Strengths Finder, haven't you? Oh yeah. What oh, are your yeah. top five strengths? Uh, right, you should have told me to prepare. Um, good thing my resume is on. It's <laughs> I know one is uh, context. Uh huh. I know one is intellection. Uh huh. Developer. Empathy, and let's look. There's one more. What do you think the last one is? I'm trying to guess. Because uh, I keep hearing input. You know that's actually not on there. Oh, that's funny. Let's see the the top five are. Dun, 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 dun. Where did you put them? You know, I paid somebody to redo my resume, so it don't belong to me anymore. Uh-oh. Uh, let's see, let's see. This is <laughs> it is oh, it's so good. Let's see, let's see. It is I have so many copies of my resume. This is terrible. Uh-oh. Uh wait, I think this might be one where it's on there. Yeah. Uh yeah, you asking real questions on Well, that's time. just because you keep saying stuff, and I'm like, what isn't her top five? It's not there. Let me see. Okay, so I want to say all right, we're not gonna find it. I keep looking up I keep it might be it. the context though, but I think context I'm hearing selection, empathy, and developer. Okay. It's the, I think it's the intellection and context that I keep that's like ringing out to me as really? you say things. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't really know how to read those. So mm-hmm. like what is that away? Just a little bit. Sidetrack. Well, the reason why I originally said input is because with input, you like to acquire information. You never know when you're going to use it. So input's probably in your top 10 somewhere. Just saying. Take it but again. yeah, you're like you a collector of information. So and when and I keep right hearing on. it. It's so funny you say that because that's how I am when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love a song so much, and then there'll be a moment where it I can apply it to something. I was like, ah, that's why I've been holding on to this song for so long. Mm-hmm. Or like I always I hoard information. You want mm-hmm. well, and I say because <laughs> someone I used to work with, my friend Conrad, we would be sitting. And this was when I was when I when we were at Binghamton. But I remember one time I was thinking about cutting my cable. And we mm-hmm. always, me, Conrad, and his wife, Tommy, who also worked there, we would always go to breakfast. And so mm-hmm. on Saturdays, and so we're sitting at breakfast, and I brought it up. He's like, oh, like, I have a whole file of, like, articles about cutting the cord if you want to see, if you want. I'm like, 
why would you have such a thing? But yes, please. And then another, we'd be sitting in meetings talking about whatever student, the student issue of the day. I have an article about that. I'll send to the team. I have an article about that. I'll send to the team. And I'm like, you always got to have somebody with input in your life because they could just give you the research that they've randomly done. It's like, why do you have all this stuff? I never know when somebody might need it. That is how I feel about life. That is, I'm going to take it You got to take it again. And even with things like that, like stuff like that is another thing that kind of helps you or, or hinders your, your growth because we, we do these tests and we get these things and we, we hold on and to we, them. And I'm like, like people who are like, oh, I'm an introvert. So that means don't ever put me in a space. No, you're an introvert. No. So you know, you have to work a little bit harder yes. to be in those spaces, not avoid them. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what I, and I mean, obviously I'm a lover of uh, strengths. Uh, and uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm a lover of the Enneagram. <laughs> um, but, and I'm very careful, especially when I'm presenting workshops about these things. It's like, d- use this as a tool. Please do not let it box you in. Um, and that's yeah. what I think a lot of people do with these like personality inventories or what have you. Like they use it to put themselves in a box. And I'm like, that's not what they're designed to do. But I will say, I think that is a flaw in um, feeling like you're just an outdated person. Because I think mm-hmm. when we were taking those tests, they didn't say, hey, these are the five. This is how you engage with. And they were just like, here are the five. Do with it as you will. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, more and more we're learning, like, just because the world is evolving, like there, you have to, even if your five, even if my five never changes, mm-hmm. what I haven't done is saying, okay, I'm a developer, but, and what, what do you yes. develop? How do you develop intellection in relation to what con I love context. I think that's mm-hmm. my favorite about me. Cause I could tell a story, but I give you the context. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do so much of that assessing of self, but then we don't know how to turn it into action. Correct. Right? Yeah, so I, yep. I, that's what I love about you because you do work hard to, and I know you keep saying I'm talking about you, but you really <laughs> work hard to give the information and then this is how it's applicable. Mm-hmm. Like this is what you should do with it or how you should engage with it, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I now am moving into a new profession, which when I talk about confidence, that is just, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to talk in an interview. When they're like, tell me who you are, I'm so used to rattling off all this student affairs jargon. Mm-hmm. But if you're in another industry, they don't care. They don't care. So for the first time in my entire adult life on Thursday, I had to say who Chloe Beck was and it wasn't attached to the role that I have been in for all this time. It was tough. I was going to say, how was that for you? I was like, uh, you don't really care about where I went to school. Okay. Um, you don't care about how much money I budget and I can. Uh, ooh. So it was confidence means, mm-hmm. and that's where my confidence is lacking because I'm in the middle of an identity crisis mm-hmm. because I've been this job, because I've tunneled myself into you're good at it, run with it. Mm-hmm. So it was very, it was very humbling because I did not have an answer that was casual. And it made me realize how often we all define ourselves based on who we what we do for a living or, mm-hmm. or where we went to school or or mm-hmm. who we know in this way. So now saying I, Chloe Beck am a daughter, a podcaster, a horticulturalist, a sneaker mm-hmm. enthusiast, a friend, like these words that I never knew that I was missing from my definition, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it felt so good to write a bio because I was like, how can I define who I am? Because I hope our conversation isn't about who, I, who I've who i been because mm-hmm. I don't even want to be her anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I'm trying to figure out who Chloe is going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is how I'm stepping out in confidence because the most jarring thing is to have something like a pandemic show you that all you have been your whole adult life is your job Mm. and a job that a pandemic can get rid of, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about we, yep. If there are no heads in the beds, why are we hiring you? So I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm essential in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So really trying to define and and take ownership in what my future is. Mm -hmm. I'm so insecure about that, but it felt good to engage with it because you don't. You don't. Mm -hmm. You don't engage with all of the things you are outside of your nine to five. Mm -hmm. You know, I watch people like you get to say, I'm a mom now. Mm -hmm. I do this. I'm consulting. I'm podcasting. I was like, the Leah I knew was so work, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And now Mm -hmm. seeing you step into passions. I was like, it's not just me. The world is waking up, especially black and brown and women. We're now realizing that we are so much more mm-hmm. than what they told us we could be. Yeah, um, I, I was just kind of like I was just kind of waiting, and then all the right pieces came together because I've had this for a while um, in my head to do. But I was like waiting on all the right pieces, and then everything fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's no perfect moment to start, but it was more so the aha moment. I was like, wait, yes. this is what I needed, and so because yeah. I just, yeah, I'll say that. But it's motivating because it helps me Mm -hmm. see that I'm also not. It's so people like you show me that it's okay to to pivot, to have other interests, to to be like. Like I think a lot of people uh, thinking about you. I'm going to keep it on you. A lot of people would not know how fun you are, how exciting you are, how Mm -hmm. silly you are, how honest you are, because we is maximizer on yours because you're like oh. It is. So, so it's so exciting to see that. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, to show people Chloe outside of mm-hmm. the community builder, if you will. Yeah. It, it's funny because I didn't tap into the fullness of who I was. Well, two things. Number one, some of the feedback I've gotten from people has kind of checked me in a way because, well, I just loved my last job so much. And then I lived in Binghamton, New York. So what is, else is there to show um, that like, I just loved the job. And so I posted a lot of my job because it was just like, it was fun. Like we were having a good time out there. Um, but I, I, I have to, cause people think, and I do work hard, but I don't think people realize how much balance I do have. And I've always been that way, but I think I'm trying to do a better job of displaying the balance. Cause Natalie, I think people think, I think people think I like burnt and I do work hard and sometimes I get very tired, but I've been pandemic world. This is weird trying to juggle the baby, but like prior to, I'm like, Oh no, like I'll sit in my apartment, not for too long. Cause I'm, you know, extrovert and I gotta get like, but for me, like it could be, I just go to the mall and walk around. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk to you, but I'm around people. Like I don't need to talk to you, but I just need to be in a room with people, you know, that type of thing. So I think I'm trying to be more mindful of like communicating that rest is productivity. Yes. Yes. And I'm very similar in the sense of 
you know, I get so I've been off social media for a month and a half now because my brain just couldn't take Mm -hmm. anymore. And I will say for those of you who spend so many hours on social media, take one month off Instagram and put it towards your career path. Mm -hmm. In one month, I've had job interviews and I think I'm about to land a dream job because I wasn't scrolling. Mm -hmm. When you take that time and pivot just a minute for yourself, it's, it's, it's so refreshing. But I say that to say, social media used to really hurt me because I'm like, I'm the only one being so authentic about like, Leah will tell you, like I'm on there crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my uh, depression medicine is not working. My doctor doesn't understand me. Oh, I, I had weight loss surgery, but I still like cookies. I'm so mm-hmm. authentic in these spaces. And I do it in a, from a place of, of fear because I feel as though people can use that against you and not every mm-hmm. follower is a friend or a fan. Mm-hmm. But even with my weight loss page, the amount of people, when I told the world, hey, I'm in danger. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. So many people, sorority sisters, they all kind of slid in my DMs like, oh, I did it two years ago. Oh, I did it six months ago. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for saying it out loud because I didn't know how. And I'm like, these are people who I look up to. And I'm just like, if I have to be the voice of that type of vulnerability, because I have a platform, people love to listen and watch Chloe back. I, that's a sign from God that I'm on my way. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Um, but I say that to say, like, oftentimes so many of us see people like you maximizing mm-hmm. that it puts us in this place of like, well, if I'm not maximizing, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it right when maximizing is not even my trait. Mm-hmm. And I think the dangers of that because we look at copy and paste. I'm like, I don't have Beyonce's work ethic. So why do I think I deserve Beyonce's dollars? Mm-hmm. I got Chloe Beck's work ethic, but she's not getting paid enough. So we're going to figure that out. Um <laughs> But I say this to say, like, when you use your platforms and, and you can show this this holistic view of who you are, mm-hmm. it, you are you are finding your, your confidence and your purpose. Because people, mm-hmm. like you said, those things fit. I, I think about them in whispers because Oprah says it starts with the whisper. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm super unsure about something, it'll be like a whisper. Like, I was so exhausted in my own work and my podcast. And then you reached out like, hey, you want to record this episode? After that, I recorded two more episodes. So mm-hmm. those small things that kind of push mm-hmm. and propel. And I think my whole life I've been going against it. Once yeah. you start going with it, you go. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is a fact. And it, I, it's funny. You, I, I think about when I would post about my doctoral journey, I was very like, honest, I'm struggling today. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've been writing for two hours and I wrote three words or, you know, cause it's like, no, this is the struggle. And I like, not a lot I of want people you to know. know. All we see is I got in, I graduated. Mm-hmm. And then so many of us are like, Ooh, they got in, they graduated. They don't know that you're mm-hmm. crying. They said no to a whole chapter. Mm-hmm. You're still working. Like you finished right at the cusp of motherhood. Like, and yeah, I still loved, loved the whole thing, but you can love something and still struggle through it. Yeah. 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 And I think we need to tell people the truth because in our identities, we don't, a lot of us don't have a lineage of 600 years of uh, my grandmother was the first black person to go to college. A lot of us mm-hmm. aren't by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we do have to teach each other. Mm-hmm. So that's why I applaud people like you who was like, this is not a good day for this dissertation. And if I could walk away, I would. I would. But I would, or if there's something going wrong, we got to be more honest about that because mm-hmm. Zora Neale Hurston says, if you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I don't like that. Ooh, that hurt. No, don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got to say it. Absolutely. Gotta- I want you to 
think for a moment. Um, and I want you to think about Chloe outside of work. Because that's, we've been talking about that. So I want you to think of Chloe outside of work. Usually I don't put parameters on people when I ask this question, but for you, I'm going to. I feel like I'm always coaching and supervising, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, even in this, I've had moments where I'm like, it's, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Can you think of a moment? Well, first, what do you think? And I, I feel like we've talked about it a bit, and I think you'll be able to pinpoint it. What would you say is your confidence factor? What is that thing that you are so assured in? Like, I know when I step into a room, I bring this, and that's what makes me shine. And then from that, can you think of a moment, preferably outside of work, where that thing, that confidence factor was on full blast. Something that you no one can take away from me is my ability to connect with people, mm-hmm. make and create a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. I I do it in my sleep. I can talk to a, a Trump supporter the same way I can talk to a Beyonce stan and find a commonality mm-hmm. um, because I humanity is so important to me. And 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 as someone who has felt invisible or, or not seen or not necessarily heard, I go out of my way to create that space because I know how important it is for one person to hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, that comes across so freakishly true in New York City proper as I walk around the city. There are about, I will say I have five friends who are experiencing homelessness around the city mm-hmm. and they literally come to the block like they make sure that they're, they know my dog walking schedule. They know, uh, they know if I'm not okay. Like I had one, one of them recently just say, you know what? I know you like women, but if you liked men, he would, you would find a great one. Cause you're an amazing woman. <laughs> um, and it's because in a place like this, like I talk about my scarcity a lot here because New York city, you could be the name on the marquee or sleeping under it. Yeah. There's the, the socioeconomic Maserati and someone without, pants mm-hmm. same corner so this is a place where you literally can become invisible and our homeless population is that so much so uh for me i ran into a, a man who looked like he had just been released from the hospital when he shouldn't have been because after a while what else can they do mm-hmm. and and you know he's coughing up blood and i i like seven people just zooming by and i was like at what point does his life not matter mm-hmm. you know like we can't sit here and say, get your neck off, get your get your knee off my neck because I'm black. If we're not realizing that these homeless populations are just as. How can you be homeless in the middle of a pandemic? You don't have a mask. You can't even mm-hmm. approach. People really don't want to approach you now. Mm-hmm. So I will even say that has been my most rewarding part of this because I've had so many interactions with the homeless population here that it's not even about money. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they see me as an easy target because I'm this naive girl from Ohio. It's people who really just want to know that they still matter. They still have a name. They still have mm-hmm. a voice. And that has humbled me because it taught me to check myself. Like there's this one older lady who she she's she's in a bad way, but she still has 
agency. And like, I'll never forget. I used to be so mad at her because I would try to bring her food from the dining hall. Mm -hmm. And she said something to me to the effect of, I don't want that. They don't clean their chicken. And instantly I had to check my privilege because the first thing I thought was like, you're homeless. How do you get to talk about Mm -hmm. what they do? I'm trying to do you a favor. And I was like, just because she doesn't have a house doesn't mean that she has to take my scraps. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, I'm giving her a full meal, but if she can say, hey, I don't like the way they prepare that. That has nothing to do with the fact that whatever happened in my life, I don't necessarily have a place Mm -hmm. traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like for a long time, I wanted to move into nonprofit work or doing that work, but I'm exhausted. Yeah. And and when you do it for this type of population, we're talking about work again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the truth is, is that like, I would much rather be the person who can have those conversations when I don't have to be the person who's trying to find you a place to stay or do all this other stuff, because I think both and, mm-hmm. you know, I applaud that, but I've seen the impact of me saying hello to a person. Yeah. I've seen the impact of me bringing a coffee to someone or something that I'm super passionate about is our female homeless population where menstrual cycles yep, and yep. And, you know, I, I've raised and donated over 10,000 sanitary napkins in this city alone. Like nobody knows that mm-hmm. because I will never forget what it felt like on a day where I was complaining about the price of a tampon and I saw a lady having to steal them. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. we're already shamed by having this this period every month and how it's a problem for those of us who can't afford all the, the bells and whistles of it. But to see someone have to decide if that five dollars is for a sandwich or for a sanitary napkin, like I, I was like, I can't. That's not OK. We got to fix this. Mm-hmm. So that's something that um, a platform that no matter where I go, like that's something that I am valued and I care about because it, it is you don't realize, and I, I think I was so sheltered, even though I was like, oh, I grew up poor. I was like, poor gets poor and poor can, like, it can always be worse, yeah. right? Um, so that is something you can't take away from me. I make people feel like they're people. I mm-hmm. remind them that they are, and I, I give them dignity back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't care if you're a CEO or the person who's taking out my trash, you're going to have the Chloe Beck respect. That's just something that I'm confident in. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. So my last question. Oh, no. Okay. It's the last one. Pick a number between one and 34. Oh, shoot. I just turned 34, but I told people it was 24 because I'm going through a quarter life crisis. So 24. Okie dokie. <laughs> so knowing what you now know and what mm. you've experienced and what you've learned about yourself and how you've grown in terms of your confidence, what this is so appropriate i'm so glad you picked this what would you tell 24 year old chloe ooh have this conversation every day leah mm. um, 24 year old chloe was had just gone through two of the biggest heartbreaks of her life my grandmother had passed away my first girlfriend got engaged to a man um, and i was living in georgia in full depression uh, i would tell 24 year old chloe go to therapy Run, don't walk. Mm-hmm. I would tell 24-year-old Chloe to open a savings account and start paying herself first. Mm-hmm. I would tell 24-year-old Chloe to start to realize that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. And, and, and chisel out some time to always be developing Chloe outside of that thing that people told you you were good at. Um, 
I think 24 year old Chloe was just so desperate for approval and attention and connection and, and saying you did a good job because I didn't grow up in a house that gave me gold stars mm-hmm. for being a gold star in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I leaned very heavy into that type of affirmation from others. I would tell 24 year old Chloe to start to affirm herself and keep a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Because 24 year old Chloe, while dealing with mental health and obesity and depression and all these things, Chloe, that Chloe, and this Chloe, they both lived an amazing life, but I wasn't awake for it. I wasn't awake for it. Mm -hmm. And even in the six years of being in the city, living for free, air quotes, Mm -hmm. now that I'm on my way on my exit, I'm thinking about all those moments. While I still think I had a great time, I wasn't present because I was always Mm -hmm. in the, what can I be doing better? What can I be doing different? Why are they not picking me for this opportunity? Why am I not on a special committee? Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing that life is a blessing and a privilege and God as, 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 as tumultuous as I started, as mm-hmm. tough as it was for 24 year old Chloe, I didn't only make it, I dominated it and I, I make it look easy. Mm-hmm. So I wish 24 year old Chloe could have just known to, to look, to listen, to see it, even if, even in depression, be depressed, but know that that's what you're experiencing. You know, um, I talk to my partner about this a lot. Like it's so scary to finally wake up and be in love with life because the minute you start to love life, that's when the clock starts to tick and you're like, life is not forever. Mm-hmm. Life is not long. And now I have a new anxiety. I'm like, I love life. And like, it's crazy. I learned to love life in the pandemic. So it's like, mm. now I'm so energized and excited. And I want to show people that I'm this new, holistic, happy person. Mm-hmm. But now we can't see each other. Now we can't hang out. Or, hello, the pandemic might wipe you out, right? Mm -hmm. Like seeing death like that has changed me. And I'm like, oh, life is so precious. Mm -hmm. But it took four months for me to realize that when I had 33 years to experience it. Mm -hmm. So 24-year-old Chloe, go to therapy, save, uh, affirm yourself because sometimes the the good jobs won't come, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be at the detriment of you and your confidence and your self-esteem. And, and and really be present in the moments and something I'm going to do, which I do a lot now, I think you can attest to tell people who matter to you that they matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think you know how much I've admired you my whole life with you. Mm -hmm. I was scared to talk to you. What good is that? God gives you this amazing person to emulate, to model yourself after who's willing to pick up the phone and talk to you. And you said, I don't want to bother. Mm -hmm. Have I ever bothered you? No. And I think about in our work specifically, how many conversations could I have had with you that would have helped me Mm. navigate this better, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but now that I know that to be true and I know that I have someone like you who can talk to me about like, hey, rent means this, pay that, look at this. Why not tap these blessings that God has put in your life? Yeah. Here, make me cry. Second one (laughs) on the row. The last one I did, she got, oh, I'm like, don't you sit up here and cry? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> I'm like, you can't do that to us. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like I've gotten my flowers today. Um, Deserve them. But I feel like I've gotten my flowers by really, I mean, thank you. But listening to you talk about how you've grown and how you've navigated things, like those are the flowers. You you raised those are the you- flowers. You raised us, Leah. And like, I don't think we've always appreciated you because one thing about us and you know, our line and you know, our sisterhood, we're mm-hmm. strong headed. Mm-hmm. Like my line is passionate ladies analyzing and negotiating. <laughs> it's not the plan. I don't know who yes. is, but 
oftentimes we shied away from you because we knew you would give us the answer that we didn't want, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it was what we should have been doing. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of powers that be kind of kept us up at, at bay. But I think you and I, those of us who did res life specifically and Greek them, mm-hmm. we always had a special bond. But mm-hmm. you, the one thing that I think was missing from us, which I, which is why I'm glad you're being holistic and showing multiple parts of you, is you really don't judge. You know, like your your excellence put you in a place that made us kind of put you in this pedestal. But like as someone who has engaged with you, mm-hmm. I think we could have come to you with a lot of things that would have probably got us out of a lot of hot water because just because you do it a certain way doesn't mean that you're going to demand that of mm-hmm. us. So like, thank you for that, because yeah. even if it's even it's a lesson learned later in life, mm-hmm. I think everything happens when it's supposed to. So I agree. I agree. Like, I, I hope to, to be that person for for a queer woman who wants to be an aka Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so i think following in your footsteps in that way is super important because you can you can be queer and love this sisterhood it's not absolutely not that hard and i'm sure there are many many members who do sisterhood (laughs) whether they know it or not okay i can name a few but i ain't gonna be messing (laughs) (laughs) well on that note Because this could go off the rails in one second. So on that note, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today and just sharing. Um, I feel like everybody just witnessed a conversation between Sorvors, but, you know, hey, hey, you know, (laughs) but that's what you want. That's what you want. Um, But of course, you know, as I told you, like, so at first I was going to do these segments where I like, pub like different people's projects and stuff but then it's like everybody i'm talking to has a project so go ahead and pub your stuff so how can people find you what's your social media well i know well you're on your hiatus right now so Um, you know and then like what are you working on yes so on instagram i'm back to black back underscore t-o-o underscore black like amy Amy winehouse Winehouse. (laughs) um i have a weight loss page for those of you who are in that weight. i think all of us in the pandemic have gained a few that we weren't anticipating um so chloe got sleeved like i had the sleeve surgery 10 13 that was the date october 13th Chloe got sleeved um and the project that I'm currently in love with working on is a podcast. It's In So Queer, the podcast. And when I say it sounds just like this conversation with Lee and I, I really sit down and talk about things that I am that my confidence isn't present for. And I kind of talk about why I think that is. And um, I've talked about things from my most recent episode is my lack of a relationship with my father because through the grapevine and, and dealing with things, I found out that I am a product of rape and, and how that navigates. I have to think about how that nav- I've navigated my whole relationship with men and not having one in my life and, and dealing with the fact that maybe my relationship with my mom was so tough because I look like the person who assaulted her, like trying to unpack all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Like who does that on a podcast? Me. Um, but season two, it's on it's on all major streaming networks. I also do live video on YouTube, so you can find me there if you want to see me talk and cry. I cry on every episode. It's it's a little it's free therapy for me. But um, and now I think the next project will be given or given an email or two will be me chronicling my move to Richmond, Virginia in a vlog because I also YouTube um, my YouTube is Instagram the podcast as well. Um, so. I, I probably say for the first time, stay tuned because I know there's so 
much more coming because there's going to be space because I'm not on duty anymore. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I'm going to say this one thing and then we're going to cut it. So um, yeah, I will tell you the first time because even this is the first job I've had where I haven't been on duty. So mm-hmm. I've been on duty since Ooh. shoot, I was an RA. So mm-hmm. that's a very long time of your life to be on duty. Mm-hmm. I swear that first semester, mm-hmm. it was like phantom phone. I wake up in the middle of the night like, oh, I didn't. Mi- oh, there's no phone. Okay, and go back to sleep. Then wake up again. Oh gosh, did I miss a call? It's like, wait, you're not on duty. We need wow. we need to have more conversations about what duty does to people. Yeah. And yeah. I'm laughing, but for real. It's- it's serious. It's yeah. Yeah. So um you will again you will enjoy so many things like driving to work, you know, like driving. you know well driving a driving to work, like you know, the commute home is where I all like that's where I listen to all my podcasts. Um I remember the first time like when I li- I lived in an apartment building and someone was smoking, it's like, wait a minute. They can do that. I don't got to say nothing. They're allowed to smoke. It's their home. Oh, I smell weed. I don't need to call the cops. Do what you do. You know, like, we all relax in different ways. You know, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not responsible for this. Well, yay. So, so much more life to experience and different life to experience, you know, now that you won't, you know. I'm officially graduating and leaving college. Yes. <laughs> That's how it feels. So, uh, yeah. So, thank you again. I was just, I just, I just love you. I love I you. Have, it. <laughs> topics. We can talk. I might bring you on my show once I get there and you teach me how to do this part. But yes, thank you so much for having me. All right. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Confidence Factor. Be sure to check out my website at www.beshawesome, or beshawesome.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at b.shawesome. As always, thank you to Golden Ox Studios for making this a reality week after week.